Hello and welcome to another episode of the EMG podcast. I'm your host, Isabel O'Brien, and today I'm joined by my fellow content and editorial assistant, Michaela Byrne. How are you today, Michaela? I'm very well, thank you, Isabel. Excited to be here. Glad to hear it. Now, today's episode is quite self-referential in nature. Michaela and I will be discussing the rise and influence of the podcast format. We'll be looking at why it has gained such popularity in recent years and how the pharmaceutical industry should embrace the medium in their push for patient centricity. Now, if you've read our most recent issue of Gold, you would have seen an article by Louise Rogers that discusses how pharma can tune in and why they should be taking full advantage of the opportunities that podcasts are offering. In a time where there are so many more complex digital content forms available, it's almost unexpected that the podcast has rocketed in the way it has. Michaela, why do you think that there is such an appetite for this back-to-basics format? Well, first of all, I completely agree. Um, it is quite surprising. Podcast has taken off in such a huge way. And I think the reason behind its success is largely down to the fact that it does take us back to our sort of roots in storytelling. In today's day and age, our senses are constantly being bombarded with information and stimuli that, in a sense, it shouldn't be so surprising that the podcast has become so popular. We've become really accustomed to short, heavily edited sound bites that the nature of the long-form conversations we're able to have is quite refreshing and it taps into our desire for authenticity to sort of just tune everything else out and listen. Mm. So is it largely a result of overexposure to content and information then? Exactly, I would say so. Particularly in the case of millennials and Generation Z, we actually touched upon this briefly in um, the previous episode, the sort of idea that consumers are becoming increasingly sceptical and critical and therefore much more inclined to go about researching topics and ideas for themselves. And podcasting is the ideal format for that. But not only this, it does align perfectly with the way that we like to consume information at the moment. People are listening to podcasts at the gym, while they cook, while they clean, and most commonly while they commute. Oh yeah, definitely. We spend so much of our lives commuting, and a podcast is certainly the ideal accompaniment for that. But why do you think that podcasting is something that pharmaceutical companies in particular should be taking notice of? Mm. Well, interestingly enough, at this year's Cannes Lions Festival for Creativity, um, many leading members of the pharmaceutical industry were discussing how pharma could better be capitalising on the potential of the podcast. Pharma is, as we all know, an industry that's constantly working towards being recognised as more trusted, one that cares about its patients and puts them at the forefront. And what better way to achieve this than to meet people on the platforms that they're already on? So I think the opportunity for healthcare here is huge. Yeah, it certainly seems like a positive strategy. To this end, what sort of podcast could pharma create or even just get involved in? So a really good example of this is um, Gilead, who have taken an educational approach. Their podcasts are 10 to 15 minutes long and feature two doctors who sit and discuss ways that they could better be engaging healthcare professionals. In fact, um, just last year, the BBC launched this fantastic podcast series. Um, You might have even heard of it. Um, It was called You, Me and the Big C. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm, It was really affecting and hugely successful. And it sort of highlighted a personal, more emotional narratives and zeroed in on those individual stories of the patients and the families who are living with cancer. Mm. So individuals in pharma can come onto already existing platforms as guests or pharma companies can create their own podcasts and Doing this would not only give the impression that pharma does want to engage and communicate with the people that it exists to serve, but it also challenges the notion that pharma are closed off and isolated and elitist. 
It can be used to reinstall communication and educate and in a much more open, nuanced way that we've not seen before. Mm. So is audio surpassing other channels as the next big thing? I would say perhaps it's too soon to tell um, as podcasting is just coming out of sort of its infancy stages. Mm. It may not be the dominant medium just yet, but in my opinion, it's definitely the dark horse. Um, It's unique and it's not like anything we've ever seen in any other platforms that are more traditional. Um, It challenges the limitations that are associated with sitting and staring at TV screens. And as we've seen, I think through this discussion, that there is real value in pharma integrating podcasts into their strategies in the future. I completely agree. Fascinating discussion. Michaela, thank you for joining me on this week's podcast. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. That's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. But if you want to read the recent article we published on podcasting and pharma, as well as the rest of our content from the latest issue of Gold, you can head to our website at www.emg-gold.com. Thanks for listening and see you again soon on the EMG podcast.